Welcome to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, welcome to the first episode of our new podcast. We are the Badass Literature Society. My name is Michael. Our podcast will be published monthly, at least that's our goal for now, and we'll focus on one book at a time. We're going to split the podcast into two separate sections. The first one's going to be a spoiler-free description and then our overall score. And then the second section is going to be a more in-depth discussion of the plot, the ending. Obviously going to be a pretty spoiler-heavy section, so if you're interested in reading the book, listen to the first half, don't listen to the second half. And then we'll end the podcast with our individual scores of the book, kind of going over why we think, why we liked it, why we didn't like it, that kind of stuff. So before we dive into our first book, I thought we would introduce each other and uh, give you an idea of what uh, what we're all about. Hey, I'm Lauren, and I primarily like reading. Um, I like fantasy novels. I enjoy a good psychological thriller, anything that is a good page turner. Um, my favorite series is Harry Potter. Proud Hufflepuff here. And I, uh, <laughs> and uh, guilty pleasure. I do enjoy some chiclet occasionally. It's a good beach read, um, but I would say my favorite genre would be psychological thrillers. Okay, this is Barbara, and my favorite author is J.K. Rowling, which makes my favorite books the Harry Potter series. Um, I pretty much like to read everything. I don't have a particular one that I like over the other. I do not enjoy chiclets or romantic comedies or just romance in general, and my guilty pleasure reads are YA books because I just feel like they're sometimes better written stories and don't have random things in that are a little inappropriate. (laughs) Fair enough. So, like I said, my name is Michael. Uh, my favorite novels are usually fantasy or sci-fi, uh, like the Lord of the Rings series or the Wheel of Time series. My guilty pleasure reads, though, are James Patterson's, like, Alex Cross or Women's Murder Club or Brad Thor's Scott Harbath series. Uh, I like, like, the, the higher action books for my guilty pleasure reads, short chapters, lots of action, fun reads. Um, but, yeah, let's, so let's dive into our book this time. The book that we've chosen for our first podcast is Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Uh, So we're going to kick things off by talking about her and then uh, go over some background of the book and uh, and then then get into our spoiler-free review. So Paula Hawkins has written two books as Paula Hawkins, uh, The Girl on the Train and then now Into the Water. Uh, She did publish a few books prior to that under a different name. Uh, I don't remember what those books were, but I I believe they were like romance novels, which is funny because Barbara hates romance novels and loves these books, but... The, uh, the Girl on the Train was her first book as Paula Hawkins. It was an international number one bestseller. Her first book came out in January of 2015. Uh, before she got into writing literature, she was a professional journalist for 15 years, which uh, probably plays into some of the stuff that she's, she's good at writing about. Okay, so Into the Water actually came out May 2nd of 2017, and the genres that it's technically categorized under thriller, mystery, suspense, and psychological fiction. It is 386 pages. It was a number one New York Times bestseller for the year 2017, and actually the winner of a Goodreads Choice Award for the me- for Best Mystery and Thriller in 2017 as well. Um... <clears throat> So Bookmarks, which is a review aggregator website, 
reported that 63% of critics didn't enjoy it at all, 19% had mixed reviews, 6% gave positive reviews, and only 12% gave rating reviews. Pretty rough. It didn't do as well as Girl on the Train. Um, So I found that the mixed reviews were due to having too many narrative voices, which I believe was 11. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 11. And they said that it was too similar and they weren't distinct enough, which I also kind of agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I would agree with that, too. So before we dive into our actual review of it, uh, Lauren, do you want to read the synopsis? Yeah, so this is the synopsis from the publisher. So, a single mother turns up dead at the bottom of the river that runs through town. Earlier in the summer, a vulnerable teenage girl met the same fate. They are not the first women lost to these dark waters, but their deaths disturb the river and its history, dredging up secrets long submerged. Left behind is a lonely 15-year-old girl. Parentless and friendless, she now finds herself in the care of her mother's sister, a fearful stranger who has been dragged back to a place she deliberately ran from, a place to which she vowed she'd never return. With the same propulsive writing and acute understanding of human instincts that captivated millions of readers around the world in her explosive debut thriller, The Girl on the Train, Paula Hawkins delivers an urgent, twisting, deeply satisfying read that hinges on the deceptiveness of emotion and memory, as well as the devastating ways that the past can reach a long arm into the present. Beware a calm surface, you never know what lies beneath. Ooh. <laughs> so let's uh, let's dive into our, our review. So uh, remember guys, this part is spoiler free, so if you haven't read the book, want to read the book, it's okay to listen. Uh, so, what did you guys think of Into the Water? Um, I definitely like Girl on the Train a little bit better because it wasn't as chock full of characters and you focused more on a few characters. No, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I liked Girl on the Train better as well. I, this was a good book. I mean, I didn't, I enjoyed reading it, but uh, the, like you were mentioning, some of the negative reviews mentioned there were too many character perspectives and I agree with that. I found myself having to check like, wait, who who's talking? Which character is this? Uh, which which was confusing and just uh, was hard to stay into I, it. I don't have an issue with that many characters. You can have as many characters as you want. I mean, Game of Thrones obviously is one of those books where that has was done well. The problem I had with it was it didn't... It was hard to distinguish the characters from each other because they did sound so similar in the way that they talked or thought. Yeah. Um, so that was my problem with it. Not And I thought... Girl on the Train was more suspenseful. This one has a bit of that, but it's not as... I don't think it was done as well as the other one. The one thing I thought this one did better than Girl on the Train, though, is Girl on the Train was so much internal thought and internal monologue, and this book had more dialogue, which was was nice. Um, At least to me, I I like the the nice balance there, not too much internal, not too much dialogue. One thing I did like about this that Girl on the Train didn't have was that um, it brought in the history piece, Mm. and I thought it was really interesting getting to learn about the town that they were in and just the how the history of the town kind of played a a factor in the novel, and they kind of, you know, went back multiple times throughout the novel, and I thought that was done really well um, to allow you to kind of experience some of the history of the town whereas it's not all just present day yeah i feel like the river in itself kind of was a suck like character because she did give a lot of kind of interesting 
background history on why the river is considered that type of a river. Yeah. Don't want to give anything away. No, yeah, the, I agree. The character of the river was almost like a character. And, um, the, one of the cool aspects that the book, or one of the writing like, writing techniques, I guess you could say, that she yeah. used was uh, some of the chapters were stylized in a different font, almost like a typewriter font. The main character of the book uh, is, or one of the main characters of the book is an author. And so part of the, the plot revolves around her book. And some of the chapters in the book are chapters from her book. And those are what provide like the historical context of a town, and it was it was cool to have that that separation. I thought that was a neat technique that the author used. Side note: that. I really enjoy the cover. I'm such a. I know you shouldn't look at books for covers, but that's normally how I get attracted to a book first is the cover, and it, it's a really cool cover. I thought, and the inside of the book, she on the part. It's I think broken down in four parts, and those parts kind of have on the page like a water splatter type looking thing and I thought that was a really cool touch um you know not it's not every and I don't know if that's an author's choice or the publishing choice but um I think that's always a really cool touch to do that and it definitely gets like kudos for that at least for me yeah no I agree it's a cool the cover is really cool the one thing I would say about this book if you haven't read it is that um it is a little bit slower to start than yeah. Girl on the Train was, so a lot of people, you know, go into this book having read her prior book, wanting to be drawn in instantly, and this one's a little bit of a slow burn, but once it does, it does pick up the pace, and um, it gets really twisty and dark. Definitely. Overall, would you guys recommend reading this? I enjoyed it. So for, for me, it would depend on who I was recommending it to. Like if we're talking like within like friends, family, that kind of stuff. Um, because some of my negatives were that the character development was so slow and some of the characters weren't as well developed that it was hard to discern between them. Kind of like what you were talking about at the beginning, Barbara. Yeah. Um, so so I think that overall, just like as a, as a blind recommendation, that, that yes, I would say it's, it's a book worth reading. Is it one of my favorite books of all time? No, but it's definitely something I'd recommend. Yeah, like I think what you said, I think it just depends on who likes to read these types of books. Is it a strong thriller? I don't really think so. I don't think this one was as much of a thriller as The Girl on the Train. Was it a mystery? I Yeah, I would consider that kind yeah. of a mystery. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a whodunit type thing. Um, psychological thriller, I would probably say a little... It kind of falls in that a little bit, not as much as once again, girl on the train. Um, it's a cool perspective, I think, on friendship and sisterhood and female characters as well. There's not a lot of outstanding male characters, to say the least. Yeah, she writes female characters well. Wow. Uh, even you know, between girl on the train and this, I, I think that the female characters are. Not necessarily better written, but the male characters in her books are generally, you know, not your yeah. nicest characters, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. to say the least. Um, um, I would also kind of, uh, people who don't like, hmm, uh, dark, what would you even say? I don't want to, like, spoil it at this point. There's some darker themes yeah. in the book. I would say something that book. triggers, yeah. it's, yeah. yeah, definitely an adult. I do not think this is a good book for kids to read nor even depending on the teen what age they're at maybe yeah. an older teen i don't know what the cutoff i think is 16 17 for a teenager right yeah. 18 is considered mm -hmm. an adult so 
I would probably lean towards 1617. Okay to read anything younger than that. I feel like it's a, a little dark in, in certain parts. It talks about some adult situations and things that might not be, I don't even know, appropriate, but I don't know. It would come with trigger warnings. Correct. Absolutely. And, and we can talk about some of that, you know, without a spoiler even, because like in Morin's synopsis, she talked about, you know, that there's, there's death. Yeah. Multiple sure. deaths involved in the book. Um, murder, suicide. I mean, there's definitely, like like Lauren said, there would come with some trigger warnings, especially for for younger readers. Um, it wouldn't fall into one of Barbara's guilty pleasure young adult reads. For uh, sure. No, 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 I don't think so. So to, to wrap up our, our, our spoiler-free review, it sounds like most of us, I think all three of us actually would recommend the book to yeah. read. Um, we agree it wasn't fantastic but it also it was enjoyable enough that we didn't stop reading it definitely read worse (laughs) yes in the same categories our overall badass literature society score we stamped on this one was a 6.5 out of 10 correct i believe we were all pretty unanimous on the same score we were one we were on this one it was all 6.5 so that was out uh, of 10 out of 10 yes out of 10 not out of 20 i don't (laughs) think that i personally would categorize this as a psychological thriller though no i think i would loop it more into like a fiction mystery type sure it's it's kind of a suspense would you yeah Yeah. because i being a psychological thriller guru like I don't, I don't think there was enough thrill in this. Yeah. What about because it said psychological fiction? What about that? Maybe psychological fiction. I just felt like it was more of a whodunit, yeah, type piece than more of the like Girl on the Train was much more psychological in nature I agree. More of a than this, as well. yeah. right? More of a thriller mm-hmm. in general. Um, this was more like like Warren was saying, more of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, but the the story behind that slow burn was was it was an interesting one. Like it you, was. you wanted to know. Yeah. I mean, she did a good job of building, like, you wanted to know more and kind of giving you tidbits as you went through the book. I also wasn't a huge fan of one of the main characters. I hate whiny people. I just hate that. Which, we'll cover that more in the Yes, I know. I was just saying, I just, I don't like, because there's three main, technically three main characters, you would say. I think you could argue there's even more main characters. Well, there's a lot, but the the focus are kind of around, would you say, three or four, maybe? Three or four, maybe, yeah. One of the characters who is, if not the main character, I would say one of the main characters, I just, I don't like whiny people. And, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm just saying, I don't like whiny people. So, if you are still listening at this point, this is going to conclude the spoiler-free portion of the podcast. Uh, So, if you do want to read the book, you haven't read the book, you don't want to know what happens, turn it off now, because we're going to be moving into our spoiler-heavy analysis and some in-depth review stuff. Uh, And uh, if if that is you and you're turning off the podcast right now, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And hopefully we'll we'll see you again next month. For those of you that are still listening, uh, get ready for our in-depth analysis and spoiler-heavy talk about the ending. Hopefully we sold it for you. (laughs) If we didn't, that's okay. This is, again, the section where there will be spoilers. So if you want to read the book, you do not want to know these things, stop now. We also would like our listeners to be aware of a trigger warning. So 
The book does have themes uh, around suicide, and there is also the mention of a rape. And so if you are sensitive to either of those topics um, and want to stop listening now, that is totally fine. And obviously this is a murder mystery book, so if you don't like murder, then what are you doing here? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Just saying. All right, so let's, uh, let's dive into some of the deeper plot points. <laughs> Dive away. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> All right, so I'll start then. So uh, one of the big things in this book uh, with multiple characters is the the theme of like, or not really theme, I guess, but inappropriate relationships. There's a lot of inappropriate relationships in this book. For sure. Book. So we've got we've got Katie and Mark. So Katie is you know, the main character's main or the main daughter, I guess, main character's daughters. Lena. Lena's best friend. Yes. And she is having a romantic and sexual relationship with her teacher. Mark. Mark. Uh, we've also got Sean and Nell. So Nell's the, the main character. So Nell is the main character's sister who was found dead right. in the drowning pool. Sean is the local main detective. He's Correct. also married, and Sean and Nell are having an affair. Correct. And then we also have Patrick and Helen. Which I did not pick up on, and I still don't think I 100% agree with you on that. Yes, Barbara well, and I are a little bit um, hesitant to feel that way, but Michael... There's a in the chapter near the end of the book. There, there's a scene between Patrick and Helen. Patrick is Sean's father. Helen is Sean's wife, and they seem to have a little more than a father-in-law, daughter-in-law. I don't relationship think I agree with me. you because I reread that passage right before we did this podcast, and I think it's a British thing because he calls her darling, dad, love, and I honestly I think that's a British British term of endearment. Like that's how Maybe. like. Maybe so. You kind of call each other. I, f- I don't know. Obviously, I'm not British, so I wouldn't 100% know about this, but I just feel I didn't... When I read that, I did not get an inappropriate, like, that they had an affair type thing or a sexual relationship. Maybe yeah. Patrick liked her maybe a little too much in the yeah. sense, because I remember in the book, like, he would always mention, like, how Helen was perfect for Sean and how could Sean mess this up because she's, like, the perfect wife and probably everything he wanted it in a wife. I don't know, but I didn't get a sexual relationship maybe inappropriate in the sense that I don't even know what would be an inappropriate like, well, I mean, like too the, close the controlling. Patrick is written as a very Well, he is yeah, for sure, a controlling character. Like he threatens people to get what he wants. Yes. There's multiple times where different characters in the book talk about how scary that this guy is and um you know, he he threatened Sean, he abused his his wife he abused his son he he's not a good guy and so i i think that there's maybe maybe that's what i picked up on us so like the inappropriate control yeah but you think there was a sexual relationship. I, I, don't, I don't know about sexual i think there was inappropriate romantic feelings i don't, I don't know they don't, they don't go into it enough to know that there's a sexual relationship. well and until you mentioned that before this recording i did not pick up on that at all either yeah. so i was the only one that picked up on that but, but maybe some of you did let us know yeah yeah but the, uh, the, the, there are a lot of inappropriate relationships. All these characters are making bad decisions. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, Mark is the teacher, shouldn't be sleeping with the student. Nell and Sean should not have been having an affair. And a lot of these bad decisions that these characters are making lead to a lot of negative things that happen. I mean, Katie committed suicide because she did not want Sean's life to be ruined if the information about their relationship got out. Yeah. Would you consider... What did you say? Sean? His name's... Sorry. Mark. I did. I said Sean. Mark yeah. is the teacher who she's having Would sex you with. say Mark is a bad character? Like, would you... 
I, I know. I, I don't. I, I don't think that Mark is a bad guy. Compared I think, to the other guys, I, think I guess. Mark, so, and to give you some context, Mark isn't like some 50-year-old dude sleeping with a 15-year-old. Mark's like in his mid-20s. Was he? I thought he was, he was. in his 30s. No, he's in his mid-20s. 20s. Mid to late-20s, I think, okay. is what the book established. And, and so, is it an inappropriate relationship? Yes. It's very inappropriate. But the book made it clear that it was it was a consensual romantic relationship. Um, you know, when, when this happens and Katie dies, like, he seems genuinely broken up. Like, this yeah. guy's heartbroken. I think he did love her. I think he recognized it was inappropriate. Um, there was a line, actually, later on in the book when, when uh, he's talking to, to Lena and kind of explaining himself. Uh, you know, he talks about it. It's like, you know, why didn't we wait 10 months? He focuses on that a lot. Like, they, she was 10 months from being, like, it would have, it w- would it have still been inappropriate? Yes. Would it have been mm-hmm. legal? Yeah, it, yeah. it would have been legal. Legally, so, he couldn't have gotten in trouble. Right. He still he probably got fired. fired. But he wouldn't have been, there would be no legal implications. And he right. talked about how, like, he wished, in hindsight, that he would have waited. Um, so, I yes, it was inappropriate. No, I don't think Mark's a bad guy. Yeah. My perspective, coming from having a background in education, sure. uh, I'm a little bit biased as far as just thinking that that's unacceptable regardless of the circumstances. Like, and, you know... But, I mean, I think that I do have some empathy for his character because he did seem like he was genuinely, you know, thought that he was in love with this girl. And so I think that there were were not necessarily ill intentions. However, I feel like um, he's a grown man, so there's really no excuse for it, in my opinion. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like if... he was feeling anything towards her, he should have gotten a different job then. I know, I think this is a small town. I don't really remember that much. It's kind of implied that it's a smaller yeah, town. They don't ever talk about, like, population size. Right. Anything, but. So I don't know if there's another school that he could have taught at or something like that where when she was of age and he could have just dismissed himself for the school, then it would be, I feel like, a little bit maybe, I still don't know. More appropriate. One, more appropriate. <laughs> Um, just because it's not in that, like, pow- I think it's a power thing. He's the teacher. He's got the power over her. Even though I'm pretty sure in the book, the girl was like, hey, let me see if I can... Or not girl, Katie was like, hey, I'm going to flirt with him. And she was the one who yeah. kind of... The game. Right. It yeah, was a game, game between a game. Katie and Lena and saying, like, well, what teachers can we do, like, that could get them focused on us type thing or something like that. So she knew what she was doing. Right. I'm not trying to put all the blame on him because she was the one who started it. And I'm pretty sure he kind of got really offended and was like, hey, you need to stop doing this mm-hmm. at the beginning. But obviously that didn't work out. So, and I think, I mean, touching on that, I think that the most of the male characters in her in this book are, are figures that have control and are controlling. And what's kind of interesting about Mark, the, the school teacher, is that like, if you just said, this is Mark, he's her teacher, this is this is Katie, she's the student, they're having sex, like, you're going to immediately think, I mean, your mind goes to, okay, he's probably a controlling bastard, right? Like, he he's, like, manipulating her and all these terrible things, and, and he's actually, I mean, Paul Hawkins has kind of written him as almost a victim in this situation. Like, she flirts with him first. Yeah. She she's actually even even some of the some of the way it's written is that like it shows how she has more power in the relationship than Mark does, um, 
like Mark talks about how he wanted to wait and she was the one who wanted to like make their relationship physical. Yeah, but that's and... according to him though. Sure. We don't really. Oh, and just oh like no, this absolutely. Book, what I did like about this book is like literally everyone here is really unreliable. Like Jules is unreliable. Lena is obviously Katie. You can't really know because she's dead. But like these people aren't reliable sources. So you guys get a little bit of like, okay, now how much do you actually believe these people when they're on their chapter? Right. That's kind of like a Paula Hawkins theme Correct. with the unreliable narrator. Yes, yes. 100%. 100. And Jules is 100% unreliable narrator. Like, oh, yeah. she is all over the place. That girl, that poor woman. Holy crap. So, pu- pulling away, I guess, from the, the inappropriate relationship and talking about some other stuff in the book, the one of, one of the, I would say the main plot point of the book is that Nell, the main character's Sister, sister, older sister. Um, like the, Jules is only back in town because Nell died. Correct. Uh, and so the main, the main plot points of the book is: Did Nell commit suicide, or was she murdered? Correct. It's like was she pushed off this cliff? And and there's a, a line that I wrote down from the book talking about Beckford. Beckford's the name of the small town. It's the line is: Beckford is not a suicide spot. Beckford is a place to get rid of troublesome women. And that was a line that was supposedly from Nell's novel that she was writing about all these women over time who have died at this spot, whether they committed suicide or there was a character, it was at the 16 or 1700 that was supposedly a witch. Yes. Libby. 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 And she was drowned in this spot. That's why they call it the drowning pool, mm-hmm. I think, is because of Libby. Um, so, going into that, like, obviously they, the book pitches it as, you know, she committed suicide. That's what the book wants you to think at first. So, did you guys think it was a suicide? No. Were you skeptical? No. Not at all. Obviously, if it was... A suicide, and we wouldn't have three hundred plus other pages. <laughs> like, I feel like that would have been a cop out, honestly. So I'm glad that it wasn't. But I mean, I'm pretty sure from start or like page one, even Jules was like, "I there's something suspicious going on." Like, I don't believe it was a suicide. Yeah. See, well, Lena, Lena didn't think that either. She made it pretty clear, correct, from the beginning. Like, Nell's she's like, daughter. No, Nell's daughter, yes, did not think her mom could have suicide. She's like, "My mom would not leave me." Like this. No, I thought she did. Lena think she, thought it was yeah, a suicide. Lena did think it was. I thought a she suicide. was adamant. No, that it no. Lena I, thought it was a suicide. She was like, was my suicide. mom's been crazy. Yeah, because she was un- like, she was like, she never really took care of me. She was, she was unstable. Unstable. Oh, I thought. See, I thought it was the exact the opposite. Really? That's oh. why she was so deep in that investigation at the end. Is she wanted to to find out that you know, what no. the foul play was? Ugh, I no? don't. Her sister her didn't believe changed. it. Right, I knew the sister, sister didn't, didn't believe it, but Lena yeah. did think it was suicide. Maybe I have a what does Lauren? I know you said you thought you thought Nell did commit suicide. I thought initially reading it because she was so involved in the history of the river and infatuated with all of these women that uh-huh. were either you know disappearing left and right, and I thought that you know it did mention that she walked along the river regularly. Um, and that I felt like there were some mental health things involved. And so I thought that perhaps it was a suicide on her part. And then one of the other characters, you know, may have been where we got more of the homicide piece. Yeah, for sure. Um, like Katie, for example. Um, because we didn't know about that at the beginning. Yeah. So When Katie's story came into it, that's when I started to think that it wasn't a suicide. My, and my first person that I thought might have killed her uh, was Louise which Louise is Katie's mom because throughout the story once they introduce Louise like Louise is unhinged now and she is unhinged and she has been since her daughter yeah. dies she is looking for someone to blame and she blames Nell 
Right. And so I thought maybe, you know, hey, this is where Katie died, so, you know, I'm going to take you here, I'm going to kill you. I thought maybe Louise did it. Correct. Did, did Louise know that her daughter had an inappropriate relationship? No, no right? Because everybody out kept on. that a secret Correct. from her. So Correct. why did she think it was Nell's fault? That's why I don't remember. Why did she think it was Nell's fault? Because her mother committed. Yeah, yeah. She's right. Lena did think her. Lena did think her mom committed suicide. So she, she was convinced that it was Nell's fault that she did this because of the book Nell was writing. Um, ne- so mm-hmm. Katie and Lena, Nell's daughter, were best friends, and yeah. Katie spent a lot of time at Nell's house. Right. Nell's writing this book that's all about death and suicide, and she thought that her daughter's teenage mind got warped by Nell's obsession. That's right. That's and right. that's why she committed suicide. And that's why she did okay. it. And, and that's, that's, I mean, that's sure, valid. It's yeah. valid. Like, right. she didn't know her daughter was having a relationship with the teacher. Right. The only people who did know were Lena, Lena and her little and brother. Katie's little brother, yeah. and then um, Nell, Nell found out. Nell yeah. found out she overheard a conversation. Correct. Yeah. Okay, that's right. So, so getting into to more of like the murder mystery side of this, I guess the the book explores. It, it becomes once once the book lets you know that it might have been foul play, and Nell might not have committed suicide. It be, kind of be, kind of morphs into a whodunit story. And it points you a whole bunch of different ways. And uh, at, at one point, the book wants you to believe. So Mark, the teacher, kidnapped kidnapped Lena. Because Lena was uh, in his house trying to attack him. Lena, no, she did attack him. Yeah, she, she did. Yes. Attack, I guess that's true, yeah. Uh, and he's like, he doesn't want to hurt her. He makes that very clear. Like, he's like, I just want to tell you, like, my piece. And um, in, in the course of that scene, Lena finds her mom's bracelet, mm-hmm. yeah. which was a bracelet that her mom wore every day. And it was really suspicious this bracelet was missing when they found her body. body. Yeah. So she's like, Mark, why the hell do you have this bracelet? She is, she's pissed. And Mark's like, hold on, you know, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll explain. <laughs> but you have to promise not to tell anybody about me and Katie. So she makes that deal, Mark tells her. And Mark tells her he found the bracelet in Helen Townsend's file cabinet. And but also, why did he take it? Insurance. He- yeah, because the Helen, against Helen, correct, because um, he thought Helen was the one who killed Nell because he, yes. she had the bracelet. And P.S. Helen is the principal of the, school. Of the school. school and Sean's wife. Sean, the lead detective on, yes. in the town, his wife. Um, so the, it's pointed at Helen because why does Helen have this bracelet? And so Mark insinuates that he took the bracelet as insurance so he had something over Helen Correct. in case Helen ever found out about him and Katie, I think. Yes. Since she was in so. control of his job. I think right. I think that was probably his line Yeah, because he figured, like, if she tried to fire him, figured, like, when she found out about him right. and Katie, he'd then he'd be up. like, okay, well, I know you're the one who murdered Nell because you had her bracelet. Right. So What's the book all of a sudden shines a spotlight on Helen, Helen. Yeah. which up until this point is not a super talked about character. No. She's kind of like that, you know... I'll do anything for you type of wife, like dot doting, doting on she's, him. Yeah, that's she's like seems to be. really meek. She didn't have like much of a. I don't personality. If you ask me, I think she's kind of boring. But right. she definitely didn't scream murder. murder. That's why I never suspected yeah. her. But they made her. So after they shine the spotlight on her with Mark's scene, all of a sudden we find out. Oh well, also, Sean, her husband, and Nell, the woman who died, have been having an affair. Right. And, she knew and then it, it becomes really like, you know, okay, she's pissed about this affair. Right. right. Must have been Helen. But did you really... I just feel like that would have been so out of character, like, so left field, because I never got that 
part of her. But maybe that's why it was supposed to be written like that. Like, it's a super shocking thing. Oh my gosh, it was Helen. So I never thought it was Helen. I thought Helen may have persuaded Patrick or Sean to do it. I don't know. Um, because, I, I mean, the way that Helen was described, like, I, it just didn't seem like she, like, it she seemed like she was a little evil. But yeah, but she didn't have the balls to do right, it. I don't really think she um, would have had the balls. Also, would she have had the physical strength to do that? To push someone off a cliff? Sure. Doesn't take much physical strength to push another woman. If there's a struggle, yeah. If you're a bigger female against a smaller female, or vice versa. So the my my thought went to Patrick. Patrick is uh, Helen's father-in-law. The whole book, Patrick is just he's described as this shady, uh, violent, controlling character. I mean, if we go back to the kind of like the flashback sequence with uh, Sean. So when Sean was a little kid, he maybe witnessed. No, he his did. mom's murder or suicide. Pretty sure he... No, no, no. He, he did. was in the car. Yeah, he was in the car. And uh, and when he starts thinking about this and remembering it, there's a there's a scene that he remembers near the end of the book where he, he asked his dad a question. He asked Patrick, like, hey, well, you know, something's not linking about this event. And Patrick literally takes a hunting knife and cuts him horizontally across the wrist and said, I'm going to cut you vertically next time if you ever bring this up again. Forget about it. Stop it. Which I think leads to some of Sean's like PTSD and mental absence right. issues that he has. But yeah, because Patrick killed the mom, Sean saw it, then had like this. His dad pretty much telling him, "I'm going to kill you too if you tell anyone right. about it." Mm-hmm. And so throughout the book, like you get these weird little flashbacks with Sean where he he's like trying to remember the night that his mom died because everyone else, it was ruled a suicide. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, Patrick is a cop or was a cop I guess or like the lead cop at this point when he murdered his wife um and Sean everyone thinks it was a suicide and Sean like throughout the book is like oh was it a suicide was it not and he kind of has like this I don't know he doesn't even remember because his dad pretty much threatened to murder him yeah and he's trying to relive that memory and it's not it's not there. He's buried it so deep. Yeah. It's not there. Um, but I thought, I mean, Patrick, I thought was a really well-written character, though, in the book. Because, at least for me, I can't speak for <laughs> Barbara and Lauren, but whenever he was in a scene, she wrote the character in a way that, like, it just, like, sitting there reading it made you feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, you could feel this man's control over the other people in the room, especially when he's in a scene with his son, or he was in a scene with his son's wife. Like, you can just feel this guy's oppressive demeanor yeah. I guess almost um, which was interesting I don't oh go ahead it just it seemed like that was kind of a theme across this town that she you know created it was not all of them were as intense as Patrick but it seemed like um, the men in this town can't be trusted and that that was kind of just an overall just kind of a recurring theme in both of her books that yes the men can't be trusted <laughs> yeah. but um, I don't I mean, yeah, I think Patrick's was written well, but I think he's still one-dimensional. Yeah. Like, he murdered his wife. He's an angry person. You know, he beat his wife. He beat, obviously, his kid. He threatened his child. All this stuff. And you never Right, but you but you never get, like, a redeeming quality, except maybe at the very end when he takes the fall for the murder, for Nell's murder. Um, but you don't really get a redeeming, except for the fact that he claims that he loves his family. 
I don't really get that because obviously he murders his wife and threatened right. to murder his son. But I don't have, like, he's not very, he's just, I think, just a one-dimensional character. Yeah. He is that antagonist to kind of have you always suspect maybe it was him. Like, yeah. I, besides that, I don't think there's anything else about him. Do you? I mean, yeah. you get, like you kind of touched on, you get kind of like that, that old school mentality of, like, you know, that he's a, he's a violent, aggressive, like, alpha male kind of guy. But he also, like, he, I think he deeply cares about his family and protecting them. I think his way of showing that is not good. Like, he's beating on his wife, you know, he's controlling and all those kinds of things. But the, the actions that he takes throughout the, throughout the book, and especially near the end of the book, show that, like, he... But he killed his wife. He yeah. Did. Under because she was supposedly supposedly cheating. cheating on him, and we don't really find out whether she was. Or, I'm pretty sure he pinned the murder on but John somebody Doe, who right? cares. The guy. No, 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 suicide. Suicide. That's right. That's right. Sorry. He, but somebody who deeply cares about his family isn't going to. Obviously, he was unhinged. Yeah, but like you said, I don't. Yeah, I don't, he doesn't have any redeeming qualities to me. Yeah, I don't really. Even with him taking the fall for his son, like I feel like at this point he was just. I don't know, maybe that was his turning point when he realized he effed up really badly. I don't know, but I just didn't let's, get anything Let's else. talk about that. Let's talk about the twist. The ending. Yeah. The twist. So <laughs> the, the big twist ending is that it was Sean. Correct. Sean killed Nell, and that it was an accident. Yes. Before we dive into this, I'm going to just put it out there. I didn't like the ending. I thought it was a cop-out ending. I did not like how it ended, personally. That's just my opinion. I don't know how you guys felt. Do you think that... That she did it for shock value more than for playing into the characters? It felt like it was just a twist for the sake of having a twist. So, yes, shock yeah, value. Yeah, so shock value um, for the readers. I, I just, and I, I don't think I would have disliked it as much if it, so for, for those of you that have, or haven't read the book, and I guess are still listening, if you have, if you're that person, um, Literally, the twist happens in the last paragraph of the novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I would have been okay with the twist if there had been more after it, but to just drop it on. So they essentially they it's Sean's chapter is the last chapter, and um, and Sean is essentially saying or remembering. He finally remembers some pieces because Nell takes him to the cliff to hope to jog his memory. Uh, and he's starting to remember some stuff. He has a negative memory, real strong negative memory of his mom coming at him. And he tries to push her away. And as the book goes over a lot, like he has an issue with reality and separating from reality and right. forgetting. So he separates from reality. He pushes in his mind his mom away from him as a child. But in reality, he pushes Nell off the cliff. And then, and then the book ends. And, well, and I, I don't know. I, I wanted more after that. Wasn't he pushing his mom because he had these reoccurring nightmares where his mom was dead coming back to get him? Yeah, right? literally thought... the last two sentences yes. or three sentences of the book. Can you just read them? Can says, you read the last couple sentences? Yeah. So I closed my eyes. This is speaking in um, Sean's perspective. I closed my eyes and I saw her in the car reaching out for me and I wanted to get away from her. I shrank back, but she kept coming at me and I tried to push her away. With my hands in the small of Nell's back, I pushed her away. But he was talking about his mother and her right. memory there. Because um, he did. He went back and forth whether like was she sleeping in the car, or was she awake, was she already dead in the car, right. and so I don't know. I just I, I wanted like that twist is fine, but don't just end it there. Yeah, I guess that that was my problem with it. I oh, so it's been a hot second since I read this. 
be honest. But if I remember correctly, I was not pleased with that indie as, ending as well because I just thought it was just kind of like bomb drop and then drop the mic, walk away type thing. And I'm like, yeah. what the heck? And I also feel it's just like, yeah, I got the fact that Sean was a little out of it because of, you know, what Patrick did to him, murdering. He saw his mom pretty much get murdered by his dad and then have his dad threaten him that that would happen to him. I mean, obviously that's going to mess up any child at that <laughs> yeah, age. No, yeah, but I never got a sense of where he was so unhinged that he was seeing things. Well, and so and they, that was one of the things I didn't think they covered well enough. She didn't cover she, well enough. Sorry, yeah, the author didn't cover well enough. Because they talked about like how Sean has moments where he doesn't remember. Right. And so it's it's initially at the beginning of the book played as like he just forgets chunks of time. Right. And then you find out that it's actually like Sean is like in another world right. mm-hmm. during these chunks of time. And the I mentioned that the, his dad had cut his wrist. Right. And so what he did to pull himself back out of that was push on that scar and that let him come back to reality. But it that's, that's what I, I think wasn't explained well enough. Like for that to be the twist, we needed to know more about that. And Sean was a prospective character. We could have gotten more. Like she could have written more insight on. I think he was literally the only guy I did not suspect. Like maybe that's the point of that was because yeah. I never once would have thought he would have done that. Yeah. And maybe I should have because of the, she was saying like he missed chunks of time, like he was in a whole other world and parts of his chapters where he's like, oh, I've been sitting in my car for like two hours, and he yeah. thought it was only like a minute of self reflecting. She, she doesn't I... write him in a way to where so. We talked about the overarching theme of males being portrayed in a negative light. Right. And she doesn't necessarily write him in a negative light. No. No. Like, he's actually a likable character. Yes. And I think that, like I said, for shock value at the end, it's like, you know, he's going to be the one person that you don't suspect. And so I liked the ending in the sense that it was like, oh, damn. Like, that's crazy. True. But... I'm with Michael in the sense that, like, I would have liked to have had more of Sean's character development, and I feel like that's kind of a critique that a lot of people have with this novel, is that she did a good job of describing the characters, but she did not develop them thoroughly. Correct. So, and going, I mean, I actually kind of suspected Sean earlier on the book, um, because, like, he's the main detective on this case, and he seems really intent on closing it. Well, because he was having an affair with her. But we so, didn't know that yet. That, no, see, I that's, know. That's, but, what, that's actually the red herring that got thrown up that made me think it wasn't Sean. Because why would he kill the woman that he supposedly loves? Well, it's not even... No, I think that actually isn't a red herring. That points point blank to him. Because normally, he's a cop on the case. He shouldn't have been in the case. He knew about it. And yeah. He was still on the case. He didn't pull himself off out of the case. And the fact that he wanted to close it because he didn't want people to find out that he was having an affair with her and then point it on him. Right. No, I, I, yeah. Because, like, why else, you know, that... Yeah. That actually brings up a character we haven't even talked about yet, which was Aaron Morgan. The, the His cop, partner. The cop from out of town. Correct. The only non-native character in the book. Correct. Um, and she actually, she figures, she figures she, the affair out. The whole thing. Blah, 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 blah. She figures out the affair. <laughs> And she confronts him about it, and he gets pissed. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Because, I mean, Aaron, it well, turns she, out, had an uh, illicit relationship with the junior officer correct. where she came from. And so he was like, yeah. how dare you, you right. know, call me Who are you to, Who you to yeah. judge me? Right. Well, but yeah, but it, it still wasn't the fact that this person ended up murdered that you were sleeping with. Like, I, 
that like she she kind I'm pretty sure she said in the book like okay well yeah I slept with someone who was my junior or something but it she didn't end up dead yeah whereas in his case someone did and normally I mean I watch and read you know murder mysteries and then police stuff and it's normally like who do you suspect the person that you're sleeping with <laughs> who's going to murder you right it's true that's so i just was so unsuspecting yeah of sean the entire time yeah. like michael you said that you kind of suspected him for a second even knowing after knowing his affair with mel like i still just never even thought of him and so for me he was like that was like the ultimate of plot twists but I think that I also like with my background in the mental health field have more knowledge than like an average person on you know what effects his childhood might have had on him and so it's like you know but having more of the description of like just how messed up that caused him to be and then also just like just how incredibly messed up Lena might be yeah. someday. Like, are we going to talk about, you know, therapy for Lena because she needs some therapy? They did talk about that kind of near the end of, uh, you know, the potential of Lena and Jules moving, getting yeah. out of Beckford. Um, let, let's uh, let, let's shift gears away from the... Can I just mention that Jules is one of the main characters we have yet to even talk about her? Because that's how boring she is of a character. I am sorry, Accurate. but it's true. That's actually where I was shifting gears to was... Uh, was getting their I was talking about Jules and Nell's relationship. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cuz that was a big theme in the book. It's like you know it's at the beginning it's like, you know, Nell's calling her sister or her sister's ignoring her call. Well, it's because this... they hadn't talked forever, right? right. And Nell's well, just about... randomly calling her out of the blue like right. freaking out or something. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like why like the whole cuz both of you actually mentioned that you liked their sister relationship and how that But I didn't like her sister relationship. Oh, you said you liked the the relationship, like the way that they explored the relationship between sisters and... No. Well, I mean, it's fine, but I just... They were estranged for a lot of years, and it ultimately comes out... So, essentially, obviously, if you haven't read the book, you really shouldn't be listening to this, because it's spoiler-heavy, but... Unless you just want to listen to this instead of reading the book, I guess. Which we are badass, so I understand. (laughs) Um... But, I mean, the relationship between Jules and Nell was estranged, and we don't figure out why until much later in the novel, and it ultimately came down to a misunderstanding between them regarding Nell's boyfriend at the time, and a very traumatic situation happened where, essentially, I mean, there was... What was preceding that? It was like a so, party at the river. No, it was. It was just the. So no, it was because she even talked about it. Like her mom pretty much made Jules go True. to the party because she was kind of like a. Yes, yeah, so she was, was a overweight introvert. introvert kind of girl. Her sister was Nell was the more outgoing one. Had a lot of friends. I believe Jules one. had no friends or something like that. Yeah. And so her mom, or maybe her, I could have sworn it was her mom made her go out with Nell to the what they call the drowning pool, I don't... Right? Still yes. the drowning pool. Yeah. They're, well, they're part of the river. The river yeah. or whatever to go swimming and now... Or Jules feels really uncomfortable, doesn't really want to be there and, you know, she's not well, comfortable with her weight and, like, everyone's picking... Making fun of her in her little swimsuit and her sister doesn't really do anything about it and right. then I think... Robbie... Robbie D- made, gives her make, some attention. Yeah, like gives her some attention or something like that, right? I believe well, that's so what the, happened. The, 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 what immediately preceded this 
misunderstanding and the traumatic events and all that is that they've kind of gone away from the party a little bit and she's actually yeah, they're on back the at bank they right. like Jules or sorry Jules is on the bank watching and Nell and Robbie her boyfriend I thought they were at their house after they were, this is this is after they're, they're in the river Nell, Nell and her boyfriend Robbie are in the river and like Jules is watching them have sex that, that's happening. I thought they were that just was, making out. No. No, I thought no. they were that making out in the river. They go back to their house. She hears them having sex upstairs. He comes down, does that's his right. thing. That's right, you're right. And then you're comes right. back, and that's where Jules goes down to the river to kind of, I don't even know, commit suicide, because she, uh, something. Yeah. And her no, sister right. goes you're and, right. goes and stops her. her. She goes, so, basically what happens is that, you know, Nell and Robbie are getting it on. Yeah. And she is in the house and she's still feeling uncomfortable. She and, watched, I think. You know, she... Her, which is kind of weird. She, but I can't remember, watch? honestly, remember if she that. watched her. Yeah. Heard. I only remember that because he mentions it. Like, oh. In the, in the next scene that you're about to talk about, like, he mentions that, like, I know you like to watch. Like, oh, okay. Right. Well, Robbie is. ultimately is a dick <laughs> and comes down, basically, and he knows that she's vulnerable. He knows that she has low self-esteem. Um, he plays to that, and basically there is a rape scene that happens. Yeah. After that, um, she goes down to the river and um, is sitting on the bank, and then ultimately, I mean, it's not really talked about whether she decides that she is going to kill herself, but she goes into the water. I think she's not a strong swimmer. No, she mentions that. that yeah, she, wasn't she mentions a, she can't swim yeah, or isn't correct. a good swimmer, and then ultimately decides to go in anyway. Um, with that knowledge. So the assumption is that she's doing that to end her life. Um, and then Nell comes and pulls her out of the right. water. And I thought it was interesting that Jules couldn't remember, and this is why I'm saying how unreliable she is, she couldn't remember if her sister hesitated and pushed her head even further down trying to kill her at one point and then decided, no, better not, and saved her. And that... That was an interesting, I thought that was a very interesting piece where yeah. Jules hates her sister so much that looking back at her, the current age of her, looking back at this childhood memory, she can't even remember if her sister tried to kill her or not. Well, and so now I think they kind of clear that up later on. because So the big misunderstanding in this yeah. scene is that Jules thinks that Nell knows Correct. that Robbie raped her. Because she made some she offhanded some comment, comment like, Did you like it a little sister? bit? Well, it was during or... her sister's, or her mom's funeral, like, Jules men- thought she was mentioning the rape, right? And her sister responded a certain way. So Nell's under the impression that Jules made a pass at her boyfriend, yeah, and that her boyfriend rejected her. Right. And so the comments that she's making, when you know that, you're like, oh, I could see that. But then the flip side of that, and the reason there's a misunderstanding, is that Jules thinks that Nell's making light of the fact that her boyfriend just raped her, right? Because she didn't um, she say like, oh, I thought you wanted it or something like that, wasn't it? Or no? I thought didn't you like it a little bit? Yeah, something like that. Well, she's I think referring that the, to the attention. Right. She's yeah, referring the to the attention because she knew that Jules was the overlooked sibling. She was, you know, deemed as less pretty, yeah. you know, more shy or whatever. And so she was making an offhand comment saying, you know, didn't you like having a, a guy's attention for once? Right. Yeah. When Whereas Jules you know, is thinking she's Jules is thinking she's just being a total bitch because yeah. she thought that she knew what happened and right. so that was what the misunderstanding that led to their ultimate estrangement. It's a, I mean it's a the the way that it was written it's talked about multiple times in the book but it's it's a really it's a dark scene because they I mean they talk about how 
I mean, Robbie even, I think, says, like, you know, Jules is saying, no, like, I don't want this. Yeah. And she's 13, I think, at she's the time. She's young, yeah. And Robbie, like, he just says, he's like, he's like, you're ugly. Like, you know, you're you're a fat cow. No one's going to want to do this with you. I'm, I'm throwing right. you a bone. Yeah, like, I'm, doing, I'm doing you a favor by right. having sex with you right now. And it's just, I don't know. And then later on in the book, you know, you she goes actually and sees Robbie, which is a whole other scene. But um, well, this is she, yet another male character that is having the power, <laughs> right? Powering like showing power over a female, and then also just like a terrible yeah. human being. A lot of male dominance, like the, the the male most of the men that she writes, I feel like in actually both books are very domineering characters. I would have liked to have not that much, like. Sean was the only one that right, wasn't. That, I mean, I think that maybe that's why I was so disappointed that it was him because I was like, "There's one redeeming guy in this whole freaking story that was actually a good guy that you." And turns out he's so effed up that he. I mean, he didn't mean to do it, but he still did it. See, and I still, and I don't know how you both feel. I still like Sean as a character, and I still feel. I feel that his trauma. And his, you know, trauma-induced, you know, blackouts, time lapses, things like that. Um, I do feel like if he would have been in his right state of mind, he never would have done that. Right. And so I think that that kind of redeems his character in a way just because, you know, he, you know, it was an accident, right? Yeah. Now, him allowing Patrick to, to take, take the, the fall... fall I don't know how I feel about that because it's like if you were... I can't remember. Does he know this whole time that he killed her or does he finally realize... So he comes to the realization that I don't think he knows that he did it until the end of the book. Okay. Like Patrick has already taken the fall. So So we don't even get to hear about that. Right. At this point we think, Sean's thinking like, holy crap, you know, my dad killed my mom and then he also killed like one of my friends slash lovers. So like he, he doesn't realize that he did it. I think until he has that realization when he forces himself to relive that memory. Yeah. And we don't even then get to see if he ultimately comes forward. Right. And, you know, feels guilty. Like and the after effects of finding of out. Of his realization. It. Yeah. Because it's right. just like a dropped ball in the very last sentence, you know. Did you like Lena's character at all? I did. I liked the way that, like, she yeah. At first, I didn't. So when they first She's introduced Lena, teenager. I'm like, God, it's another, it's an angsty teenager. Yeah. But her character. mom just died, Michael. And she thought she committed, and this is what I liked about it. So, Lena first goes into it thinking her mom didn't like her enough to commit suicide. And she's so angry, she's like, how could she leave me alone mm. with this aunt that I have no idea who she is? Turns out to be such a weirdo kind of aunt, because she's all over the place. And then towards the end of the book, she like, starts, if I'm not mistaken, starts crying to Jewel saying, I'm so glad, or I'm relieved to find out that my mom was not murdered, but that she didn't... Didn't kill herself. Didn't kill herself. Like, she didn't want to leave me. Right. It was because someone else killed her, and I I really liked that kind of arc that kind of she went through, instead of just, like... I feel like Lena was actually one of the more developed characters. We got to see... We got to see her growth. We got to see... Like, she was one of the only ones that I feel like was more fully developed and we mm-hmm. got to see her come full circle. Didn't like her at first, but I did as the book yeah. went on. Like they they taught I mean because it got more into her reasoning, like behind her feelings. Like you right. said the character development and then near the end when she has that big like scene action packed scene with Mark, like she she goes and she attacks him and <laughs> she gets kidnapped yeah. and like that's I don't know, I really liked her character later on in the book. Um 
Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I really did enjoy her character. I I feel like she was the only one, characters that had a good motivation for all of her actions. Yeah. The reason why she maybe was unlikable in the beginning was because she thought this whole time her mom committed suicide and left her by herself. And that's why she's acting the way she did. I thought she was a good, uh, a, a good friend to Katie because she was also telling Katie, like, hey, don't be involved with Mark because, like, this is not going to end well and all this stuff. And Katie pretty much ignored the fact. Um, and also because I feel like she, Katie, she saw Katie as a sister because she didn't see her mom as kind of, like, she pretty much didn't have anyone. So I, I feel like part of her felt guilty that she was telling Katie to break up with him because she was like, she's only spending more time with him, I'm right. alone, so, and then she feels guilty about that, and then, like, with her aunt there, like, she didn't like her at all at first, because she's like, you know, you pretty much abandoned my sister, or my, my mom, mom. Yeah. your sister, you abandoned my mom. Yeah, she and now mentioned, like, you ignored her calls. Yeah, right, and she's like, and now you're coming here trying to, like, pretend like you liked her and all this stuff. Um, I enjoyed their, their development was like their yeah, relationships development correct. was also good and I shouldn't like bag on Jules too much I thought she had a decent character development the fact that like she pretty much came into this hating her sister not knowing her at all and finally realizing that this is a huge misunderstanding mm-hmm. and wishing that she could have gone back in time and fixed all this and maybe this wouldn't have happened and then pretty much now okay with the fact that she wanted to take care of Lena, because I think in the beginning she's like, I don't want anything to do with her, like who else right. can I pass her off on? Type she's of. ready to get down and then get out of yeah. town. Yeah. And it's also just super sad as far as like, just the whole situation, like as traumatic as that was for Lena, but then, or sorry not for Lena, um Jules? Jules. Jules. As traumatic as it, her history was it's really sad that, you know, Nell dies before they can make that reparation, because it it ultimately was a misunderstanding, and just to kind of, you know, see that from her perspective, from Jules' perspective, like, this, you know, this could have, I could have had a relationship with my sister my whole life, and didn't get the chance, and so, I mean, it kind of, you know, I know that some of the critics about this novel in comparison with Girl on the Train, they thought the Girl on the Train was a little bit more relatable as far as, you know, okay, anybody could just be a passerby on a train seeing something happen so they could relate to that, whereas this story was a little bit um, less relatable. I feel like that piece kind of takes you back and makes you think, like, you know, what kind of relationships in your life could benefit from making sure that that's not a misunderstanding. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And I thought that was really well written. Like, the moment that Jules figures out, like, oh my god, this is a misunderstanding. Like, I've hated my sister all these years, and she had no idea why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and so to, to realize that, and then on top of that, to realize, like, there's never, like, she's never going to have closure on that. Yeah. Because her sister died before they could figure it out. Yeah. Like, and the, the way they wrote that chapter from Jules' perspective, me, you could just tell it was... What are you talking about, they? It was you keep saying The they. way Paula Hawkins, Paula the way creepy, the author... Like, there's two Paulas. The way the author wrote that, I thought it was really sad. It was a sad moment. Yeah. Um, what did you make of the town psychic? Nikki? Nikki. 
<laughs> Did you think? Oh, so here's I liked my, her character. I thought she was like she was. She was quirky. Here's my question: Do you feel like outside of some of the main people, were the other characters necessary? No. I liked that no. we got some background history on the quote unquote drowning pool. Like you got uh, Libby's and all these other people. So you get like Michael mentioned, you get um, pieces of Nell's book that she was writing. So you get like, these women's stories that she had found. I thought that was a really cool piece, but was it needed? I don't know. I mean, it it adds to the whole Drowning Pool being a, a care, an extra character, so you get more of, like, this background on the pool, why it's called the Drowning Pool, this Drowning Pool, not Peel. <laughs> um, but I don't know if some of these other people were necessary, like Nikki. Like, was she necessary? And I think that, like, some people might argue that her character plays to the idea of the city or the town being, like, haunted. Or, like, right. doomed. Or, like, having some kind of a otherworldly reasoning for why the drowning right. pool like, keeps taking people's lives. Ghosts of these murdered women, like, well, so, yeah. going into these other, like, these now present women and making them commit suicide right. or something. Right. I think that was what that it, was I mean, for. Yeah, and so, like... I mean, the, the history of the drowning pool that, that Barbara was talking about, like, a lot of the history and a lot of the death was was witch trials and around witches. Like, that's why it originally was named the drowning pool. They, they would drown. I think the, the, what they said they attached a cinder block or concrete or something to their leg, and if they if they stayed under, they were witches, and if they came yeah, back some, up, they yeah, weren't it was if like they, that. No, no, they tied, they put the cinder block on their stomach, and if, right. they, if they didn't float, then they were considered a witch, but for some odd reason, I don't know if they could float or something like that. See, they I thought w- it was the opposite. Oh, was it? If I don't they remember. floated, then they were witches because right. they're defying something yeah. that would otherwise something to that extent. Something like that. But it, there's, there's there's a lot of there's a witch history, right? Here. Mm-hmm. And so it almost felt like Nikki was like attacked on character to remind us of that. Yeah. Like I mean, her name is Nikki Sage. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Like Nikki's character clearly represents the witch history right. of this town. And the legacy of the witches. Yeah, but I feel like she here. didn't. She didn't incorporate that that much in the book to mm-hmm. have that. Like, no, I agree. I totally agree. And, and but I, her character was still. It was an interesting character to me. Well, yeah. Because Nikki was kind of almost like the book's like conscious. Like when you're like when the author wants you to think something, like Nikki could come in and say, oh, "I can speak to the dead," and right. like this is where like she could. Mm-hmm. Nikki can say things because of who she is. But do you think that she other actually wouldn't like? Did Paula want to say that Nikki actually could do that? Or was she a fake? Like, that's... So, due to the accuracy of some of the things that she said... I think she was I psychic, think she was a psychic. But you don't. I do now, So, in real life, do I believe in psychics? No. In the book, do I believe Nikki was a psychic? I, I do. I think that there was, she knew too much specific background yeah. that no one knew except for, like, a couple people that were directly involved. She had to be. There's no way she would have known. But was that necessary? See, and I'm just not... I don't, like you said, in real life believe in psychic abilities. Like, maybe, you know, whatever, in a fiction story, that's fine. In this case, I just thought that she was just very knowledgeable and good at knowing the town gossip. And so yeah. she was in the know, 
And so she had all of this inside information. And if you're wanting to be a businesswoman in this town and sell your psychic services, you have to seem like you know what you're doing and talking about. And so you're going to be plugged into all of the different, you know, gossip Yeah, no, that's lines. true. She was an interesting character. So, I, I didn't dislike her presence. I think I'm the only one who... So, I wouldn't say I believe in psychics, but who am I? Just, just because I can't prove, or just because I'm not, how can I say other people aren't? So, I'm, I've just always been in that... It's, I feel like it's a fine line. Do I believe that some people maybe have a, a higher, whatever, frequency to ghosts? Whatever you want to say it. Yeah. Do I believe 98% of those people who say they are, are lying? Yeah, I, I do believe that they're lying. But I, how am I, how can I sit here and say, no, I just feel like, I don't know. It's well, a fine yeah, to, to your so, credit, there are some really interesting real-life historical examples of psychics that are right. really cool. Right, so it's... it's they kind of do throw some doubt in there. Right, so... so it's... I just, uh, so well, I, and even in, like, not to, like, throw religion in, but, I mean, both ends of the spectrum, like, even religious people believed in prophecy and, like, yeah. right. psychic-type... Speaking in tongues. You know, so, stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not too far-fetched, no, I guess. I, I just not. personally I, think it's odd and don't... It was a strange... I mean, some of the stuff was kind of strange. I liked her character, though, because... She was kind of a... I think she was a fresh breath there. What is that? A, a fresh breath of air. A breath of fresh air. So, P.S. for anyone who knows me, I can't say... What are those things called? What are they? Sayings, whatever. Phrases. 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 Idioms. Idioms. I mess them all... I mess them up all the time. So Barbara's from Brazil. P.S. <laughs> I get them messed up all the time. So, my bad. Dude, please don't get pissed off about that. It will keep happening. I'm it doesn't not rain. here. It doesn't rain cats and dogs for Barbara. No. It rains lions and rhinos. <laughs> anyway. So, are there, are there any other points that we want to go over before we go into, like, our individual ratings? Um... I don't know, like, if you look up all, like, if you Google characters in this book, I just feel like most of them are kind of just, like, Nikki has a sister. The only reason she's in the book was because she was part of the police crew during the night that Patrick's wife, quote-unquote, committed suicide, quote-unquote, he murdered her. Um, And she was the one who, like, was helping Sean, you know, like, take him over to her house or something like that because it was raining and, like, making sure he wasn't cold, blah, blah, blah. And she pretty much figured out the fact that Sean knew that Patrick murdered his wife, if I'm not mistaken. I just feel like that was just not... Like, what was the point of even having her character today? Because she took told Nikki that there's something... Or maybe she didn't even find out that maybe Patrick murdered the, the no, wife. she, she, she did. No, she, she did, did, right? She did. Uh, and I, he threatened her, and that's right. why she left the town. Was that, I just feel like there's a lot of unnecessary stuff. I thought her character was necessary because it wasn't, like, was she a main character? No. Did she need to be Nikki's sister? No. But I think that her presence the night of, and that she was a detective then, and the fact that she was so scared of Patrick that she left town. True. It it establishes his dominance, His control, his dominance, like... This man is so scary. Like a woman who was the lead detective. But she didn't get her detective. own chapter, right? It was no, all no. okay. They just I talk that, about that's her. right. Yeah. I, feel I like think there's a lot of the some... characters that you know, this 
because, like, as we've mentioned, many characters, the none of which, with the exception of a few, are very well developed. No. But I feel like a lot of them, like, I think, Michael, you asked earlier, you know, do you feel like the characters were necessary or something to that end? And I feel like she did write, most of her characters had some sort of way of it's helping us understand... Though. Something else, but it, it's just an unnecessary plot device in a, yeah. in a lot of their cases. Well, like Katie's mom, I forget her name, Mrs. Whitaker, Louise. Louise. Um, she was pretty much just there so the reader would be, oh, she's crazy enough to freaking murder now. That's literally the, we didn't need. She's a red herring, right? But we did, like we get a few chapters out, if I'm not mistaken in her perspective. It's like she five or six, yeah. right? Where she's like grieving and she hasn't ch- touched her daughter's room because she's like blah blah blah. Ah. Uh, I don't think you needed all that to prove that she's freaking crazy. I agree, yeah. You know? There's some unnecessary stuff there. But I mean, like, Stephen King is notorious for doing that. Like, you have freaking chapters upon chapters of unnecessary descriptions about everything. That's Sometimes I feel like that's a little unnecessary, in which case Paula's did that with a characters. With characters. she. I'm sure she could have... I don't know. Or maybe I just don't know how to write mystery. And suspense, and that you need those characters for that. You need a few of them, but I feel like they weren't well developed enough for me to even freaking care about them. Like, yeah, I just you know like maybe make it longer. I'm not opposed to reading a longer book if the characters are more well developed. No, yeah, I agree. I and actually on on that note, let's talk about our ratings because we're kind of getting into that already a little bit. So, Barbara, why don't you why don't you start? What what was your rating out of ten for this book? And and then and then why? Um, six and a half. Why, once again, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this, I don't care that there's a lot of characters. I've never had an issue with a lot of characters in a book. I've I've read most of Game of Thrones. I love me some, obviously, Harry Potter. It's, I mean, Harry Potter has some, a lot of characters, but it's not, like, Game of Thrones-wise. Um, I don't even know other books that have that. But I don't care if there's a lot of characters. My problem with that is if you insert all these characters, you have to develop them. You can't just insert random Joe Schmo, Schmo and be like, oh, he might be a murderer. And then you'd never mention him again. Yeah. And he was just there just for a little plot device. I do not like that. I'm So I like books character-driven. I'm a character-driven reader. I like characters. Yeah, plot's important, or story, depending on you. what are we talking about, story, plot, whatever. Um, but I feel like characters are what drives the plot and the story. And if you do not have well-developed characters, then the story or the book as a whole kind of falls flat. And that's what I had the most... I think that was the biggest issue I had with this, was just... I would have liked these characters had they had more of a thing. And plus, I just felt like the main character, at least Jules, wasn't a strong character. Um, and I, I'm trying to remember why. I just... I Maybe because... She hated her sister so much for a misunderstanding that you find out later. And that I feel like she was always putting the blame on everyone else but herself. I was like, why these things happened? Like, she could have reached out to her sister. She could have told her sister flat out, hey, your boyfriend's a rapist. But she didn't. Um, what else that I... What I enjoyed? Um, huh. I like water. I'm a water freak. I love to swim, all that stuff. So I really liked that theme, and I really liked how she, like I've mentioned before, kind of made the drowning pool kind of a side character. Like, I feel like she gave it this thing that wasn't even a character, a person, 
kind of a personality in the sense like there's background history on it and why it's called the drowning pool and why it's such a mystery and I think it would have been maybe cooler if men maybe had a weird supernatural aspect of it because I thought going into it that's kind of what I thought it was going to be like this weird these ghosts are murdering these people and that's why it was that way I don't know what else I think that's why it's a 6.5. I think it could have done... I was disappointed. I felt like she could have done a, a much better job. Because the premise... Like, I enjoyed the premise. I think it, it was all there. She just didn't execute it as well as I would have liked. Yeah. Laura, what are you? So, even though I would not consider this a thriller, um, just by genre, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed... The historical factor of bringing, you know, that piece in and giving us a really good understanding of the town. Um, I felt like I could really picture this town. I felt like she did a really good job of, you know, helping readers understand, you know, pretty much everything that has to do with this town and the people that live in it. Uh, I also liked, I am kind of a sucker for an ending that makes you go, what the hell? Like... So, I enjoyed that aspect, even though I felt like it could have been more developed, and I feel like, you know, there were some kind of flaws in the way that it was done. I do love a good plot twist. So, that was good. Um, Things that I didn't necessarily like were, like we've mentioned several times, there were just a lot of characters. Um, And even, like Barbara said, you know, if the characters would have been better developed, if I would have felt, like, the characters that I felt the strongest connection to were Jules, Lena, and Sean, really, yeah. were the three that I felt like I could, you know, understand on a deeper level than just, like, the surface, like, oh, here's this person, and, you know, whatever. So I feel like that piece, and also just too many narrators in just the format, the way that it was written. Um, I feel like the story could have been told from three perspectives, yeah, maybe four. I agree. Um, instead, we have eleven, and that's just a lot. I I found myself having to flip back and remember how that character tied in, or even glancing to the top of the page to make sure that I I knew which character was talking. So I feel like that that kind of distracted me, and I don't like being distracted when I'm immersed in another world of a story. Uh, so that was kind of a flaw for me, but I mean, overall, what gave it a, I'm going to give it a 6.5, um, and what gave it that rating for me is just the really cool, uh, the really cool tying into history and just the story itself, like the plot itself, I really enjoyed as far as the drowning pool, the concept of, you know, this town, um, the estranged sisters. I I enjoyed a lot of aspects of the book. Um, I would have rated it higher if it weren't confusing and a little bit hard to follow at times. Okay. And a bit slow in the beginning. Yes, it was a bit slow. It was a slow burn. And sometimes, like I, I am a person that once I start a book, I have to finish it, even oh, if it's too. painful. Oh, yes. And well, so... I, I will stop if I don't like the book. I think yeah. so two out of three of Two us. out of three. Like, <laughs> you already committed. Yes. You know, you got to see it through. And, and so what this if it was... gets better at the end? Like, this yeah. one, 
did. That is true. Yeah. The, my... you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the business idea of sunk cost. Like, I've already wasted that time. I don't need to waste more if I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, but That's what fair. if you end up really enjoying the ending? My primary reason for reading this book was I loved The Girl on the Train. Yes. Let's just point and out, this was Lauren's pick. Yes. Oh. Well, it I was don't. Barbara. Barbara and I both kind of said... It was... It, so, to be honest, what happened was, um, Laura and I had previously read this book, I say close to when it came out. Mm-hmm. What, 2017? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Easily, bit. like, within six months of its release. For sure, Lauren, because you, you read it first, and mm-hmm. then she recommended it to me, and so then I read it. So, I'd say 2017, 2018. Michael was the freshest reader of this. He literally just finished reading yep, this. So, we picked it just because it was, it was a good first one for us. Speaking of which, let me, let me give my review. Yes, yeah, sorry, Michael. then we can continue. Sorry, were you done with your review? By yes, way? so I would give it a six and a half. Um, I feel like that's fair. So I'm going to keep my thoughts on this short and sweet, because <laughs> as you can tell so far... <laughs> we, we rattled and prattled. We, 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 well, not only that, but we have similar ideas. Like, we have similar reasons why we like and similar reasons why we dislike this book. So I also gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I thought the story was interesting. I really liked the historical background. Um, so I think we can all agree on that. Uh, that was really cool. The twists were solid. There were multiple times where I was like, is it this person? Is it this person? Is I don't know if the person? twists were solid. I don't think um, I agree with you on that. But for, for me, the, the pacing was off at times. And what I mean by that is that reading the first half of the book, and Barbara can attest to this since we live together, is that I struggled struggled to read through it like there were times where like when we're getting ready for this podcast and she'd come in and i'd be reading something else she's like "Ugh, like what are you doing and it's like i it was boring it was the first half of the book was boring and, and it took it was hard for me to get through to be honest and then had a second the, the second half the second half of the book i read in a couple days yeah like it's it's like oh my god i want to keep reading i want to know what happens and so the pacing was off in the sense that it should have felt that way all the way through right it doesn't need to be exciting all the way through but i i need to have that drive to keep reading and I didn't for the first half of the book um, and then the other thing for me which the other the two girls have talked about is that the character development two women was too slow burning <laughs> for this short of a book so th- this book is is just shy of 400 pages and the character development she was going on a pace as if it was like an 800 page book yeah like th- she just didn't get there for me um, and then the perspectives as well. I love the idea of working through a story from different perspectives. As I mentioned, I like fantasy novels. Game of Thrones, yeah. Wheel of Time, all those fantasy books. Fantasy has a lot of characters. In it's, it. it's, it's lots of characters, and it's frequently the, char- the story's told through character perspectives. Um, there's just there's too many. Too many character perspectives. Not too many characters, too many perspectives. Eleven perspectives is a lot. For a 400 page book yeah for for comparison game of thrones the first book in the song of ice and fire had eight character perspectives which is a lot otherwise but i mean it just it just too too many perspectives and it, it made it like lauren mentioned like i there were multiple times especially in the first half where i did like look at the top of the page or go back to the beginning of the chapter like wait whose perspective is this and and i didn't like that so that, that's why we ended up at a 6.5 for me yes. and so as you can see we all rated it the same Yep. So the official Badass Literature Society's stamped recommendation on this one is, yes, we do recommend the book, but our overall rating out of 10 was a 6.5. Yeah. For so. reference, Harry Potter is a 12. So... <laughs> 12, 12 out of 10? 12 out of 10. It's just a, there's no... You can't judge. You know, it's just too great. Well, we Hufflepuffs <laughs> like to remain humble. Uh, 
pounded. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff <laughs> Surrounded by Hufflepuffs. Much for listening. We are Badass Literature Society. Boop, boop. Hopefully you liked our podcast. If you didn't, let us know. If you've got a book recommendation, something you'd like us to review, let us know. Speaking of that, follow us on socials. Our handle on Twitter and Instagram is at BadassLitPod. That's BadassLitPod. So L-I-T-P-O-D. Um, now for a little preview of next month's podcast. It's Barbara's Pick, so I'll let her introduce it. Um, before I do that, just also please rate us on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. That'd be great. We would really appreciate it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. At this point, it doesn't really matter because we're getting likes. Tell right? your friends. Yes, that too. So my pick is A Darker Shade of Magic, a novel, by V.E. Schwab. Schwab. I don't know. Once again, still can't pronounce things right. So that's whatever. But it is what it is. So that's my pick. So hopefully you guys will listen next month. We will post a link on our Twitter uh, so you can go check out that book if you want to read more about it. Uh, and again, thanks guys for listening. See you next time.